Live from New York, it's Ask the Engineer. Hey everybody, and welcome to another 8 p.m. Eastern Time Ask the Engineer. It's me, Lady Ada, the engineer with me is Mr. Lady Ada on camera control. Uh, we've got an exciting show for you tonight, a full hour of all the latest in maker, hacker, artist, engineer news from new products, Python updates, and more. Uh, we're going to kick it right off and get right into it because we have so much going on. So get your cup of cocoa and go with us on this journey All right. into space. Now, into Ask Engineer. All right. On tonight's show, we're still shipping smart and safe. We'll be talking about that and more. Our entire team at Adafruit thanks you. These are some pre-COVID photos. Thank you so much for being part of this with us. Please, everyone, continue to wear a mask. Stay distant. Stay do safe. all the things. We only have a little bit longer to go. We're so close. Please stick with it. Show and tell people around the world showing and sharing their projects. Later, it'll talk about who's on the show and tell, what they shared, and more. We got some JP's workshop chatter. We've got a product pick of the week, and we also have a Make Code Minute. Got some time travel look around the world of makers, hackers, artists, engineers, and more. Got some Python on hardware news, some made in New York City factory footage, some 3D printing videos. We have DigiKey and Adafruit present. I on NPI this week we have a product from MicroCare. With some new products, we've got a top secret. We'll answer your questions. We do that over on Discord, adafruit.it slash Discord. We can join all 26,000 of us. Get your questions there, adafruit.it slash Discord. We get to them towards the end of the show. All that and more on, you guessed it. Dun dun. Ask an engineer. That's right. That's my favorite hour. Okie dokie. So uh, let's start off with some stuff. We are shipping smart and safe. Our team continues to... Uh, publish publicly our protocols. Go to adafruit.com slash opensafely. You can see what we do together for our entire team. We've uh, stayed safe this entire time, the last what, 38 weeks. And it's worked 266 great. days. It's been about nine months. Yeah. And uh, we've operated as an essential business. We were making face shields, and then we were making electronics. Some of them went into things like fast track FDA approvals for ventilator things that they needed at the time. And, of course, all the important things like electronics for students who are learning remotely. Um, so we'll see what happens in the next few weeks or whatever. Um, Take a look at our protocols. Uh, we continually update them as we do more. One of the things that we recently uh, added was uh, these type of filters called MERV. They filter air more. One of the other things we did was have portable filters. One of the other things we do is do surface testing to see what the viral load in the environment is. We're crazy like that. We all wear masks, gloves, eye protection. We're doing all those things so we can ship your packages. And speaking of holiday deadlines, our approacheth. I think that's what you say when you get into old-timey language. Yeah, it's around that time. Yeah, so domestic orders, basically, you want to order stuff like now. And uh, UPS Ground, it could take a while. And uh, I could tell you some people, um, they get really frustrated when they place an order on our site and UPS or Postal or even DHL delays because worldwide everything is bonkers. And it's Extra bonkers. It's really hard to get packages around. But yes. if you want to be sure... Order something with trackable shipping. Use something like UPS Ground. I suggest use fast possible shipping starting today and do something like three day or second day or next day. And uh, I would skip postal service if you can. And if you do UPS Ground, um, three days is a great service. Three, UPS three day, it's not that much more than and Ground. And DHL, um, you should also place your orders today. We don't make money on shipping, so I'm only telling you yeah. out of the my best recommendation is is three day. Um, yeah. Is it's you know it goes by air if necessary, 
but um, you'll have plenty of time. Yeah, and if um, your package gets lost or something like that, don't freak out on us and be mean. We're going to replace it and give you a refund. Just give us Anyways, just two like, hours. Just like, be cool. Be cool. Um, it's not going to be instant. It's not going to be forever. It's going to be like a couple of days. Um, sometimes we have to wait until the, you know, the trace comes back from UPS and they're like, yeah, we don't know. Um, and they don't always get back to us right away. So anyways, when you're placing your orders, you get free stuff on the way out. Lady Ada, what are That's they right. Uh, $99 or more, you get a free Proto half-size breadboard. Makes for a great stocking stuffer. Uh, if you have small stockings, the Stomach UT breakouts that we give out free when you order 149 or more are great. You get a selection of uh, about 20 different random boards that we'll pick from. If you make an account, you'll get a different one each time. So you can add your collection of sensors and breakouts and like digital potentiometers and like cutie pies and other goodies like that. If it's a QT sensor, has a QT connector on it, it's going to be in that list. One nine nine or more, you get free UPS ground shipping in the continental United States. Again, if you need it to get to you faster, you can always upgrade that shipping, but you'll get free shipping. So if it's not time sensitive for the holidays, it's a good one. Um, and then two nine nine or more, or you get uh, a free Circuit Playground Express, an all-in-one development board, which makes for a wonderful gift. People love them. It's a great way to learn electronics or soldering um, or crafting with coding. Uh, you can use it with Arduino, CircuitPython, Code.org Discoveries, um, or any other languages like Circuit, like TinyGo or Rust language. So it's yeah. an all-around useful board. And wait, there's more. Uh, we brought back the 20% discount for just securing your account. Now, if you've already secured your account... You already got the codes. You already got the code. You can't good, do good, this. Good, good, good. But there's a lot of people who still haven't. So all you have to do is just two things. Two things. First, one, make an account on Adafruit and just verify your email. Yes, just you click the link. It's and then easy. the second thing is just use two-factor authentication on your account. That's it. And then and you we don't sell your data, and we're not like collecting it for different purposes. Right. This is just so you have a secure account. That's right. So for, and do it for your other accounts too. Why yeah. not? So this is one of those things where it reminds you about your other online accounts and more. Um, we're privacy freaks, so we think having really secure accounts on everything is good. And if you're a maker company or electronics company and you're wondering, why is Adafruit doing this thing? Did it work out? Yeah. Uh, we have a ton of people who decided to secure their account and they got the discount. And so that is a win-win, as they say in the biz. So um, you should do it too. It's a good idea. Cloudy. Or not. Or not. Or not. Everyone could just like buy everything from us. That's fine. Um, next up. Okay, next up, show and tell. Show and tell. People around the world showing and sharing the projects. That's right. We had a bunch of people from we around the a, community. Who's on the show and tell with the share? Uh, okay, we have a whole bunch of people come by. Phil B. is working on a naughty and nice to-do list. It uses two mag tags and connects to the cloud to get a Google spreadsheet and display it on an e-ink display. It's pretty nifty. It's actually very easy uh, to get um, Google Sheets data into a JSON format, and then you can read it on your CircuitPython board. Um, Ingrid it made a knitted scarf that has LEDs like sewn into it and uses a little microcontroller to uh, make sparkly animations. It looks adorable and comfy. Uh, JP showed off uh, tomorrow's project. It's a, a streaming alert for MagTag, uh, which uses deep sleep to um, only wake up right when an event is about to happen, shows you a, a graphic of the event, makes a little beepy noise, and then sleeps until the next event, so you always uh, get notified when it's time to stream something from Adafruit. You can, of course, adapt it to whatever uh, notifiers you need during the week. Uh, you probably have a lot of video meetings, maybe, or events, or things you got to do, or shows you want to watch live. 
um, this will notifier will do it for you. Known Pedro previewed the Dark Saber build they're going to be working on through this winter. Um, they've started the catting up. They're going to use a feather sense and uh, acrylic for the blade and some neopixels. Probably it's going to look hella sweet. I'm super psyched for this Dark Saber uh, because I don't know. Ever since like Baby Yoda got a name, I just want to I just want to stab it with the Dark Saber. <laughs> Uh, no, that's terrible. Um, but he's a really cool prop. I think he's going to look badass. Uh, Dan is working on more deep sleep for the ESP32 S2. Uh, he's added um, the RTC-backed memory for deep sleep. So even though you do a hard reset on deep sleep, you will have 8K of memory that you can carry over. Um, very handy for um, keeping state. Uh, so you don't have to like reload everything, perhaps. And that's pretty cool. Um, Scott is also working on deep sleep stuff. He's working on pin IRQ wake up. So, um, you know, pressing buttons or maybe the sensor triggers uh, wake ups. You can uh, use a pin instead of a timer. So what we've been doing now. Uh, Kevin from DigiKey came back, uh, told us that usually they have a big dinner for everybody on the DigiKey team. But this year what they're doing is instead um, everyone's getting 10 Digibucks or more. I don't know, 10, 25 Digibucks. That's money that can be spent in the local community. They're trying to um, get people to spend more money. They've done this for years. I, yeah. I mentioned this on Show and Tell. I know about this. But um, DigiKey as a company, they want people to support their local businesses. Yeah. So this is, you know, but this is pre-COVID. They've done this where the company gives people Digibucks and then it can be redeemed at local businesses for local goods and services. So, if so you can get dinner at the local restaurant. Yeah. Get that money to that restaurant. So, you know, as we all think about rebuilding society, take a look at some of the leaders in these spaces that have been doing stuff to help their uh, local communities. The other thing is Kevin's a first responder in his, in Thief River Falls. He helps, you know, if someone is... a volunteer, right? Yeah, he, he helps people. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons that we do stuff with DigiKey. Um, and these are, when you tune into the show and tell and you meet some of the people and you see some of the interviews we're doing with DigiKey, these are some of the reasons. So shout out to them because uh, we hear a lot of like these ideas that people have like, oh yeah, shop local, help your local community. But they don't, then they buy everything on Amazon. Um, here's one way and here's a company uh, that's actually doing something. So kudos to them. Yay. Um, Liz um, uh, published a project. It's a daily Christmas like advent count countdown. Um, with uh, the mag tags, so if you want to do an e-ink project. Um, and then Pedro collaborated on that to make a cute little stand for a desk. And um, she also uh, made some LED blinkies with uh, reflow um, work, but instead of getting like a toaster oven, she used an easy bake oven and some low temperature maker paste and said it worked really well. So it's a good solution for people who like, they don't want to get all into like a, you know, perhaps dangerous or very hot um, toaster oven. Um, this thing taps out at like uh, 375, so you won't get so hot that um, you could really toast your boards badly. So it's kind of cool. Travis uh, soldered together a clock kit to learn how to solder and is now making DIY keyboard kits and is using an itsy bitsy. Uh, and we'll do a crowdfunding campaign soon. Jeremy um, took a trellis M4 and turned it into a hella trellis M4 with like way more buttons and, and keys and, and is using it with Ableton Live. So that's nifty. Uh, Tinkertech um, made a STEMIQT add-on for um, STEMIQT, like a, a QT capable boards that we have, like the Metro ESP, which has a STEMIQT connector, um, and it can uh, play FM radio directly, like you control it over I2C to tune it, but then the speaker connects directly to the board. So it's kind of a cool idea. Um, probably using one of those like, there's little square, low-cost FM radio um, chips. 
And then uh, Mark is making a gigantic LED matrix sign with LED NeoPixel strips, and it's going pretty good. Learning how to solder. Doesn't like soldering, but really likes the LED sign. All right. That's our show and tell. It's part of our Adafruit live series of shows. It's Wednesday at 8 p.m. You're watching Ask an Engineer. That's where you're at. On Wednesdays at 7.30, we have show and tell. These are our shows that we do on Wednesday night. On Sunday, we do a show called Desk of Lady Ada. This week on Desk of Lady Ada, we showed off um, the uh, LED mask from Lumen Couture. Should we go um, No, it's over there. Okay. Um, we did watch show and tell. Yeah. Um, we talked about that and more. And then we also went over the uh, power profiler. And then we had... The Great Search with DigiKey, where Lady Ada uses the DigiKey site to find all the things. And this week we had a viewer request, is how do you uh, get stuff that's out of stock? Yeah, how do you know when it's going to come back into stock? And so I yeah. show my super secret, not so secret trick to uh, getting that information on the DigiKey website. Because um, I was actually purchasing a CAN transceiver and it was out of stock. So I wanted to know when was it likely to come back into stock. Yeah. Watch, watch the show. To find out. Yeah, every Sunday we do it around between sometime between Lady Eight o'clock, which is like eight to ten ish. Um, yeah. Then Tuesday, JP's product pick of the week. Yep. And this week it was the PMSA 0031 air quality sensor. You can check that out now. One of the things that's special about JP's product pick of the week, and that's why you should make that little ink display reminder, is because during JP's show, we broadcast live from inside the product page. And inside the product page, we broadcast, and there's a special discount. You don't even need to do anything. It's just for that time period. Yes. So, well, and actually, a full hour. We extended really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that one hour. I was not consulted. Well, I, I made the call. I was not told. Well, I'm the boss lady. I was not told at all. I know. Well, I'm I am looking like a fool. Okay, no, so no, you're, you're wonderful. Everybody loves you. It's fine. I, I would actually be okay with that change. Um, I would be uh, if I was consulted. So anyways, we have a highlight from JP show. Take it away, JP. A003i air quality sensor. You can see there it shows us the different particle sizes and their quantity in the air. What if I light a match near this or even not so near this? How quickly does it detect those fumes? And what you'll notice is uh, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000, 5,000. So that actually shot up there before I even smelled the smoke, which is kind of interesting if you think about really early warning on fire. My product pick of the week is the PMSA003i air quality sensor. And what I'm gonna do now is hang it right there proudly. And I will see you next time. Bye bye. Okay, and tomorrow is JP's workshop. And during JP's workshop, we have a Make Code Minute. We yeah, do that every single week. And let's check out my code minute for this week. So for the make code minute today, I wanted to look at a neat extension inside of make code arcade. You can see I've made a little uh, sample game here. It doesn't do too much, but you'll notice that when I move, I'm pressing my little virtual D-pad there. My character is moving uh, on a grid instead of the fluid 
continuous motion that you usually get with moving your character. This is more of a grid-based system. I've also set up so when I press the A button, or the space bar in this case, I swap positions with that snake, but I retain control over my princess character. So you can imagine this is really useful for a lot of different types of games, such as puzzle games, like Candy Crush style games, where you want to move things around on a grid. Now there's this extension called the Sprite Grid Extension. So what I did was I went to Advanced Extensions, added the Sprite Grid Extension. When you add that, you get this new category called Grid. And inside of here, we have a bunch of useful blocks for doing things like finding out the location of something on a grid. You can set the number of column and rows on the grid. If you look at my scene here, it's pretty simple. I've done, first of all, I've created a tile map, which I believe is a requirement for using Sprite Grid. So I've created a tile map, and that's my sort of board layout you see here. Then I've created a couple of sprites. And for my character, I've set the grid placement to be on tile map column two, row six. So when I restart this, you'll see that that's where I pop up, X and Y, two and six. I snap the character to the grid, and then I use this grid move with buttons. So anytime I move, it just jumps to another grid, which is more than one pixel. It's, a, it's probably 16 pixels or something like that in this case. Uh, and then I've also placed my other character on top of a different grid position. And then I'm using this neat swap uh, button press so that I can swap Sprite 1 with Sprite 2 uh, just by pressing the space bar. So that is how you can use the Sprite Grid extension inside of MakeCode Arcade. And that is your MakeCode Minute. So check that out for this week and then you can watch it live tomorrow and then we'll of course have MakeCode Minute on our show next week as well. All right, time travel. Let's take a look around at all things that are going on in the world. Makers, hackers, artists, and engineers. We yeah. have a video. This one is the partial update e-ink video in this uh, outstanding... Is it a trilogy or is it, a, is it more? Is it, it, it's a trilogy so far. It's a trilogy. Would it, what's the name of um, a movie series when it's a four? Quadfecta or something? Is it? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the chat. What, what happens when there's four when movies there's in four, a series? It's not a trilogy yeah. then. Yeah, I know. Or what if there's five? Quad Willy? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's an answer to this. But anyways, Colin, take it away. Okay. The standard e-ink refresh is a thorough and visually jarring process, which inverts and redraws the entire display whenever any change is made to the image. But there are some EPDs that can be more selective. EPDs capable of partial updates can address specific areas of the display without requiring a full-screen rewrite every time. And on top of that, they can skip the pixel inversion process and simply draw what changes between frames. This makes for a much improved viewing experience, but over time, Partial updates can accumulate stuck pigments and show image ghosting. It's not a problem though. We can always run a classic refresh now and again to clean up. Alright, next up. Um, this is from our friends. You were on... Um, Reinvent the cover of Reinvented magazine uh, yeah. a long time ago. So they're doing a calendar, and it's called Princesses with Power Tools. And the idea is, um, if 
you're a quote princess, you can still use power tools. Why not? Your, yeah, and so uh, Aaron is one of the months. Oh, that's wonderful. And Aaron uses power tools. So she check this out. These strips she's got. Yeah, and we'll have a bunch more information on our blog. Check out the for blog and more. And uh, this calendar for 2021. So I wanted to get the word out for that. Super cool. These cool people doing science, doing electronics, doing things with power tools, and full-on princess mode. Yeah. Okay, uh, next up, in the news, uh, this was breaking news today. So we've been keeping track of the various antitrust cases. So we posted up about the one Google, and today's is Facebook. And uh, I read the brief a little bit because uh, for fun, um, I like to read uh, legal proceedings. Yes. Um, especially in the tech world. And so um, when it got down to point 123 and 124, that's where it gets really interesting. And this is the, I think this is the, I should back up a little bit. So it's okay to have a monopoly. It's, it's when you have an illegal a monopoly and you're abusing it. I'll give you an example. So we can't shop around for a different power company. It's Con Edison here. Yeah. That's it. They have a monopoly on it. They have yeah. a monopoly for serving power. Yeah. But they're not in a legal monopoly because they're not all of a sudden doing stuff they're not supposed to do and getting caught. Yeah, same um, with like telephone service around here. So, uh, and uh, it all depends. And cable, it's like they we sell it, but it's pretty yeah, much yeah. But like power is, I think, a good one. They're yeah. a monopoly. Yeah, they, everyone agrees. Like okay, like we don't want to build like yeah, we can't. Yeah. We're not going to build a bunch of different power plants. Right, right, right. So um, here, you're, we're trusting you with this, and here's some things to please don't do and please yeah. do. So the thing about Facebook is when it started, it was all about you give us your private information, we value privacy, and we're going to use that private information to display ads yeah. that we think you want. Yeah. So advertisers love that because you're, you're talking to your friends and family in a very private way and then and the ads are coming up. There's an ad for Clorox bleach. The problem is eventually, let's imagine, okay, you did a really good job and everybody's using your service. Now you're monopoly. Then what you do with that, like if you started leaking everyone's private information, if you started giving it to everyone, yeah. if you started lying, if you started getting caught over and over and over again, yeah. if you started doing things that just seem really, really wrong, and if there's laws around it, and if you're constantly getting fined, eventually it's like, hey, maybe you shouldn't be entrusted with that private information. So what eventually happens is companies make a bunch of money and they have a philosophy of should we buy something or bury it? Okay. And so the other part of this is when Facebook saw Instagram, and this is the quote from Mark Zuckerberg, um, he's basically saying, hey, uh, Google Plus wasn't the problem. Instagram's a problem. One thing about startups, though, is you can often acquire them. Shortly after that, Zuckerberg suggested winding down Facebook camera. This is after they acquired it. And in an email, April 22, 2012, examples of things we would scale back or cancel mobile apps, phones to require Instagram, and Facebook did indeed allow that to die, discontinuing it completely in 2014. Now, there's other, there's a bunch of other problems with Facebook, um, but this one is specifically is, hey, may, maybe Instagram should be its own company. Mm -hmm. WhatsApp should be its own company. They bought it for billions when there was only like 55 employees, and they've still not monetized it. They only, they just did it to make sure no one else, yeah, could compete with them. So. Additionally, I think there is something else because I remember the old Microsoft antitrust days mm -hmm. and I remember people that worked at Microsoft and I remember people who worked with people and they said, look, and this was a long time ago, not the new Microsoft. Yeah. This is the old Microsoft. 
they said, look, they're a bunch of bullies and jerks. And I think eventually what happens in these industries is you can only be a bully and a jerk for so long. And eventually, like, you probably get under more scrutiny. Maybe it's deserved, maybe it's not. But um, just to, like, kind of tie this in, so we have a mag tag. And I'm just going to go to the uh, overhead real quick. So this just came in. Um, look at this. New desk, 3,000 and... 54. 54. 3,054. New, positive, 209,000. In the hospital, over 100,000. And you're probably like, what does this have to do with Facebook? Well, uh, the misinformation that has been allowed to go on for Facebook for so long stopped people from wearing masks. It caused people to uh, go across state lines and uh, harass and even execute people. There's so many things that Facebook has done for so long, unchecked, paying tiny fines, that it's a good wake-up call. And I don't think, like, you know, regulating tech companies is a good idea, but clearly Facebook has abused every possible thing. They've hey, done, nobody likes them. Yeah, today, today I emailed Facebook's oversight board because they used a logo from the open source community, and I'm like, hey, can you please give me a legal contact? Yeah. No, our legal team looked at it, and we're not even going to respond to you. Like, I have a DM from, like, who are you? What, like, can you give me any contact information? No. They're just bullies and jerks. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But um, we'll see. Because it's going to be in court forever. Yeah. So that's the news. Okay, next up. Python on hardware news. This week there's a lot going on in the world of Python on hardware. So we are in Python 6 mode and LAN still. And one of the things that we're doing is a lot of deep sleep. So one of the things I keep asking about and I'd like folks to consider is please make some deep sleep examples. We want to test this. We want to do stuff with this. We have uh, guides out, the naughty or nice one. I think that'd be a good one for folks to start to look at you, where you can hit a spreadsheet online. Um, please test out all these things because we want to make sure. Almost all of our project guides right now use deep sleep. So yeah. if, you're, if you try out one of our guides, check, you know, grab the code. And, uh, you know, chances are um, it goes into deep sleep, and so it's a great way to try it out. Let us know if it doesn't wake up like it's supposed to. Yeah. And uh, things from our newsletter this week. So um, we spotlight and highlight the low power support available on ESP32 S2. Um, we hit 26,000 people on Discord. Some of you are in there right now. PyCon 2021 was announced. Um, one thing that's really important this year with... Uh, and next year, is the Python Foundation is doing a fundraiser right now, and they also need your help for PyCon. It's going to be virtual, and that is their big chunk of money. So um, because they don't have an in-person event, the Python Foundation does a ton. You can help them. So go to us.pycon.org, and please consider getting a ticket. Uh, please consider donating to the Python Software Foundation. We have a bunch of information about that on our site as well. We'll be getting the word out over the next 22 days. And then news in our community, Lady Eight will be keynoting the Linux Conf over in Australia, but you're going to be here doing it virtually. That's right. And you'll be talking about Blinka and how CircuitPython and, and Python is snaking its way to embedded Linux. That's right. Don't be talking about that. Um, every single year, GitHub does a uh, state of the Octaverse, and they have some really good folks who are doing it now. Um, this was, I think, one of the best years with the most, like, well, for me it was interesting data. Uh, so JavaScript, number one language. Python is now number two. That's pretty neat. Java going to third place. And then you see TypeScript. Really jumped up Getting there. up there. Yeah. And you can see the rest of the languages. But I thought that was kind of cool. And that makes sense. By the way, it was uh, JavaScript's 25th birthday uh, yeah. during the week. Yeah. During the week this week. 
Uh, I had to go to archive.org and look at the announcement on Netscape, and like AOL was like, this is going to be a big deal. Um, Did so, they ever explain why it's called JavaScript? Like, yeah, it's obviously you, not really. Yeah, I have a blog post. I have a blog post. They actually talk about okay. the, the idea of Java and standards, JavaScript. Okay. A um, couple other uh, neat tidbits, uh, Anne helped out with this. Open source development jumps up during the weekends, of course. Um, 35% more repos were created in 2020 than 2019, 25% more contributions to open source projects this year. So even during COVID, people are doing a bunch of open Writing source. code. That's kind of neat. Uh, have Scott's deep dive. You can check that out. And then we have our news around the web. I thought this was neat. Someone used an e-ink display with pie hole so you can see how many ads are blocked with Mac yeah, that's, that's a good fun. idea. Um, and then... Uh, other bits and odds and ends in the world of Python, check it out. We have a jam-packed newsletter that you can read. That's right. Every single week, we put it all in there. We're up to about 283 libraries. Um, here's a coming soon. This is from Oak Tech Dev, or sorry, Oak Dev Tech. Um, this is a little tiny ESP32 board, S2. And then you can check out Anne's Space X Launch and Jepler's uh, project. I think we showed this last week or so. This is Upedal. And the YouTube video plays. Yes. And more conferences and events. Um, the Open Hardware Summit will be starting uh, next year. They're all uh, April 9th, and they're also taking sponsorships now. I'm going to do that like tomorrow morning. And uh, that is our Python and Hardware News for the week. Yay, Blinka. Yeah. Okay, open source hardware time. I mentioned this. There is a video documentary about Inside ILM, Duster Light Magic, creating the Razor Crest. And if you look really close, they use NeoPixel rings. Yeah. Look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this, look at this. Wait, go back. We can see. This, this is in it. It's in there. And it's in the Razor Crest. And then they, can, they click there, and then you can see it on the right there. So that's our warm, I believe that's our warm white NeoPixel LED ring, which makes sense because they wanted to have like a, you know, a warm reddish yellowish color yeah for the you know now why is this in the open source hardware section of our show and the yes. reason is it's open source hardware it's open source hardware that's and right what's cool is ilm they have all the money yeah all of it they do they and really do they disney, can, disney has all the money they can choose to use anything they want now why wouldn't they use some weird expensive proprietary custom-made thing just for them they they can't it's not because of money, it's because knowledge and time. So they use Adafruit NeoPixels, which is open source hardware. They uh, get the code from our GitHub repo. They're able to get the schematics. They already know the size of it and everything. And they're able to make something like the Razorcrest and they don't have to talk to anybody. And they're on to the next thing. They even thing. have to sign NDA with me. They just did it. it That's cool. right. They and bought it, used it, and uh, good for them. And back when I was shipping orders, I would look and I'm just like, wow, look at all these places in California that in movie studios that use our stuff. Yeah, what movie? Knows. What movie it would go into? Who knows? Once yeah. in a while, someone would tell us. Um, but this was really neat. Thanks, Trammel, who spotted this. But um, razor crest eyes. But a lot of the science fiction movies that you see in a lot of the shows use Adafruit stuff, um, and they tell us they just say, "Hey, like we don't, you know, we can't talk about how our suppliers or supply chain or whatever." Um, but they let us know, and once in a while, we spot it in places, and uh, we get the word out. But this is a really good example. So think about this. Just a few years ago, there wasn't an Adafruit, and there wasn't um, a Spark Fund, there wasn't um, a Teensy, and there was 
a real big barrier to make this stuff. Yeah. Now, just about anyone, including ILM, can make really advanced props and more. And they're using open source hardware. And that means anyone can. Yeah. So Noah and Pedro show every single week. It's like a master class in prop making. We're making a um, dark blade yeah. silver thing. Um, so this is cool. Dark saber. So this is cool. Um, Shield the Yoda. So I, I think this yeah. is... I, I wish there was a publication, plural publications, that saw these things and would write about it because this is like one of the best stories. Like, the, the most pop, one of the most popular science fiction shows that people really love uses open source hardware. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. They, yeah. could, have, they could be using anything, but they chose your stuff. Anyways. Nice. Okay. Speaking of open source hardware, um, you did a talk. Yes. Um, it was open source in business, and this was folks from Red Hat, and I think they're from Microsoft and AWS, and you were on it with Alicia, Alicia from Open Hardware Association. And Jason. And Jason. Greidner. Uh, Head of BeagleBone.org. Yes. So that was kind of cool. And you talked about a bunch of open source hardware stuff, business models and more. We have a link to it yes. on our site. There's an hour long. We, we covered everything and we uh, dropped some knowledge. Uh, I thought that was really good. I think like we're, we, you know, between the three of us, we have like combined like 30 years of experience in open source hardware. So we can like explain what it's really like, not just like philosophically, but it's like here's, here's what's actually happened. Here's how it's actually worked in the community. Um, which I think is really valuable because of, I think business is often rooted in like what's what's really working, what people actually do in industry. And yeah. we were three business people in open source hardware. All right. Um, and then, of course, uh, we mentioned it earlier, but uh, Lamar is going to be doing a keynote, a Python-based keynote. Yes. For. I guess this actually has a keynote. Yes, yeah, so key, that is a keynote uh, for the LinuxConf AU that will be coming up in January. So um, if you didn't think we were open source, now you're really into thinking. Uh, we have 2,365 guides. What's yeah. on the big board this week? Okay, starting from the top left, we've got uh, Noam Pedro and Liz collaborated on the MagTag Daily Christmas Countdown. Uh, wakes up every night and uh, reveals one more... Uh, little Christmas tree balls so you can count your way through December to the end of this year. Thank goodness. Um, so that's for the mag tag. Uh, Phil B um, wanted to do a vertical. He likes he likes taking your displays and making them vertical. So he did a uh, what's fresh today. So it, it finds out your based on your location and the date, it find, finds out what fruits and vegetables are in season. And it displays them in a cute little shopping list and you can like pick it up because e-ink and then take it with you when you go shopping so you can get um, the seasonal fruits and vegetables for your location. Uh, so, you know, for us, it's like cranberries and some squash, basically. Um, but if you're in California, there's probably a lot more. Um, Katni did a cheer lights project. Cheer lights is a, uh, you know, it's, it happens around the year, but it's in December. It really starts to kick up. It's an IoT project where people from around the world can tweet to cheer lights to change the colors of everybody's uh, holiday wreaths and trees and displays. Um, this one mixes it up with some animations to take the color that Cheer Lights is uh, telling you to display, and then it just sparkles or swirls or something. Uh, John Park uh, did a shower thoughts. Usually we do a quotes display project for IoT uh, with CircuitPython. We wanted to adjust it a little bit. I saw this um, cute project that goes onto the Reddit shower thoughts uh, subreddit. You can grab the data over JSON, and you get, like, weird witticisms every day. So you get um, a new shower thought. Every day, if you are 
curious about what the people of Reddit think. Um, some of it's very witty. Some of it is definitely not safe for work. Uh, we also have from Carter. <laughs> safe for shower, maybe. It's safe for shower. Uh, Carter, um, I guess, lives near an area where maybe tides are important because he likes to do these tide projects. Um, so he did a really beautiful tie display with lovely graphics and fonts and updates every single night at three in the morning to let you know what the tides are going to be for the day. So if you're surfing or fishing or you just live in an area where tides are part of your life, um, not so much here in New York, our tides are pretty steady, are steady and we've got these big walls to protect us. Um, but, uh, it's a handy thing that can go in your fridge and update daily. There was a whale in the Hudson River today. Well, maybe then, maybe you do. And it wasn't like a terrible story, like we found a dead whale. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was actually like, hey, look, whale. Yeah, yeah there's a whale there. And from last week's uh, new product, the TMP117, we um, have a guide with Arduino and CircuitPython code uh, for precision temperature monitoring. Yeah, so check out the guides. Here's uh, a couple of bids from it. This is the wreath. And then the shower thoughts, like Lady Ada was saying, um, you know, their shower thoughts. Their showery thoughts. All right. Main New York City factory footage. And it wouldn't be New York City factor footage without some time lapse across the street. Remember I was talking about all that Disney money? This is where they're going to bury it. All right, um, they're, starting to, they're starting to really lay down the foundation there. Yeah, so this is across the street from Adafruit, the new Disney building they're doing. A little snowy out. Oh, boy. All right, 3D printing. Now, Pedro, I have a couple projects this week. We've got the um, really cool ink display, MagTag project. Mm -hmm. And we have a sped up Christmas tree. I'm going to play those back to back. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, what's up, folks? In this project, we're making a Christmas countdown using Adafruit's MagTag. This grabs the date from the internet and updates every day so you know how many days until Christmas. The little baubles on the tree are filled in as the days go by so you can quickly see how many days are left. The CircuitPython libraries for MagTag make it really easy to make IoT projects with an e-ink display. The tree is a bitmap with numbers that are covered up with little circles made with Display.io. In the loop, the code grabs the local time data and checks if the date has changed. When it does, the circles are turned transparent and reveal the number. 
You can grab the demo code for this project on GitHub, links are in the description. We designed and 3D printed these stands to have a really nice and festive look. We made two versions so you can have the MagTag be either landscape or portrait. We hope you have a safe and wonderful holiday this year. Thanks so much for watching and don't forget to subscribe for more projects from Adafruit. You can learn how to make all this stuff and more. All right, Lydia, okay. it is time. DigiKey and Adafruit present. This week's Ion MPI is from MicroCare. They're a Connecticut company. They're what? They're Connecticut company. A Connecticut company. Connecticut. Yay, USA. Connecticut. All right. Um, yes. make. Okay, well, this week I wanted to keep with the holiday themes, um, you know, because we did the uh, thermocouple for cooking the turkey, and then um, we did the, the low-power monitor because we're sleepy after the turkey, but now it's time to get holiday presents, and the most annoying part about getting and uh, wrapping holiday presents is you have to scratch those price tags off of um, your presents before you give them. Just any stickers. Stickers are everything. Stickers. Yeah. There's always like stickers and barcodes and things. And um, so we saw this on um, DigiKey's new listing. And even though it's a kind of a simple thing, we thought it was like really handy. So we picked some up. It's a tidy pen. This is like the second version of so the tidy pen two um, from MicroCare. And it's like the whole thing is, is it basically you know how you always get the like sticky, goopy stuff left over after you remove a sticker or some tape or it's on your tools, or it's actually, you can use it for flux as well. It even says here, solder, flux, and oils, um, which is what I'm, I'm using it for. Um, but I also just like cleaned up my scissors and stuff because it had like gunk on it. Um, but it just works really well. And it, you know, it's like a little pen. It, you know, has a lot of fluid in it, has little tips. And um, here's uh, from the data sheet. I even like how they have those uh, extremely sticky McMaster car stickers on the right. That's definitely they're very sticky and they, they leave a lot of goop but in a PCB that you know they make PCB repair tools um, you have a sticker you want to remove and you want to clean it off it's pretty easy um, you basically just you know press on the nib to kind of release some fluid into it and then you scratch well, not scratch but like you rub with the nib uh, to get the fluid all around it and it dissolves it and you wipe it clean I that, that's it but you know it's like you know whatever a couple bucks for a pen um, if you have a solder flux pen, you probably know how handy those are. So I recommend getting one of these and then like next time you check out from DigiKey, you'll have it in your cart and then you'll have it on your workbench for when you need it. Cause like it definitely works way better than isopropyl alcohol, which is what I've historically used. 
and doesn't really work very well. I keep I keep using isopropyl even though I know it's not going to work, and then I'm disappointed. Um, but now I have this tidy pen, so I thought I could like maybe clean off a board as a demo. Tidy pen demo. Let's yeah. Go. All right. So let me see. I got a couple boards that I recently reworked. Okay. So let's zoom in. Autofocus. Okay, yeah. so I replaced this LED, and you see... Yeah, let me try to zoom in a little bit, too. You want to try to zoom in? Yeah. Oh, you not too much, because I, I have to... Yeah, back up a little bit. Back up, back up. Uh, okay, good. See there. Um, so this pen, it's it has this nib, and the nib is kind of firm, and when you press, it, um, like, releases fluid from it. So now it's got some fluid. You can get extra nibs, too. They come in, like, a pack of, like, 20 or something. And then um, you can just rub it clean. Love it. And then um, can wipe it. And uh, there you go. Much, much cleaner. Oh, yeah. You can get in there. I'm going to get in there and like get all of it. Um, also got this white PCB. So this is like even more noticeable. So you can... This one's got some really old flux on it. But... You can see even even on some like years old flux, I can remove it. Yeah. Yes. Love it. Get get in here. Get in there. I would watch a live stream show that just like removed flux from PCBs. It makes a nice squeaking sound too. Okay. So much cleaner. Oh wait, lost for a spot here. There you go. That's pretty good. Um, so yes, it's good for cleaning flux. It's meant for you know stickers and stuff. But um, it definitely will do flux, and they also have a flux pen if you really just want to remove flux. Um, if you have scissors, and people have used your scissors for cutting tape, or you have maybe been the uh, guilty party, um, you can definitely use this as well to uh, clean up your scissors and, and make your tools nice and sharp again. It's tidy. All right, and it is... It's tidy pen. It's tidy. It's pen. It's tidy pen, too. <laughs> you can get them... <laughs> I know this is like a simple eye. Some of them are like these intense, like let's look at the data sheet. And some of them are like, it's this thing. It does what it's, it says exactly what it does on the pen. And it does that thing. I love this MPI because everyone is just like, I need this. Because this is exactly where I spend all my time trying to like get something off the yeah. side of the label or something like that. Back it up so you can see it. Um, okay. So it's a tiny pen. Comes yeah. in like packs of one, packs of five. Available in DigiKey. Uh, in stock in DigiKey. You can uh, go to short URL, digikey.com forward slash short forward slash Z V one R M P, or you can just look for Tidy Pen on the site. You can also look up 2805 MCC P02 and D. And that is this week's INMPI. I All right, okay. we're gonna jump. So handy. We're gonna jump right into uh, new products. Ready? Okay, let's do this. New, 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 new. Sing along. All right, today is December 9th. We just had about three thousand people pass away in our country. You need to wear a mask, and we have masks. Well, we actually so. we used to um, a very popular mask we had that had filter inserts. Uh, it came with five inserts, and then. They stopped making that version. So now we have a version with two inserts, but it's pretty much the same. It's a very nice mask, to be honest. Um, it's very soft on the inside, and on the outside, it's kind of, kind of this tougher uh, water-repellent fabric. 
And then um, there's a pocket inside and it comes with these two uh, PM 2.5 filter pieces and um, you open it up and then you, uh, oh sorry, this is a cutaway showing um, that there's three layers to it, some people care about that. Um, but you can uh, slip the filter into the mask um, and that way it's good not only for uh, keeping your coughs and sneezes and salivas yeah. away from other people, but if you are in an area that has smog, it'll also help filter smog that you breathe in. Okay, next up. These were in stock. They went fast, but... We're going to get more. But um, get more. just so people know that they did uh, get into get into stock, and we did get some. Um, we weren't expecting these until the next year, but they came in. This is the only keyboard part of the Raspberry Pi 400. You don't get the power supply, the HDMI cable, the power, or the book, um, or the mouse. Uh, you just get the Pi 400. Uh, it's still a beautiful piece of, of British engineering. Um, uh, sign up if you haven't gotten them. We promise. We we have many, 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 many on order. Uh, well, as soon as we get them, we put them in and we notify folks. All right, next up. Next up, uh, we've got this is kind of like a, a new product, but it's also kind of a revision. We've had the Teensy 3 Smart Matrix adapter, and now we have um, the version for the uh, TNC4, which is great. I mean, this, the TNC4 has so much memory and so much power, it'll be able to drive, like, you know, dozens of these panels uh, tiled together. You could you do stuff without a computer, um, definitely, like, large animation scale. Um, I've got a demo here. You want to show it off? Uh, you want to hold it up, or what do you want to do? Well, let me plug it in. Hold on, things get complicated. Where is my... Hold on, I gotta get this. Uh, oh, there's my cable. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, can you go to, to like B? Because it's gonna be so yeah, large. Yes, right. Let me power it up. Um, this cable's really short. Oh no, hold on. Which type, what type of cable? I have a, a micro B. Like this? Yeah. I don't know where this is coming from, but let's see what happens. Let's see. Well, this is powered. It powers the matrix separately. Hold on. Try again. Okay, much better. Um, so it can drive. Uh, I just have it plugged into a 64 by 64 matrix, and you can see it's doing this little demo. Um, this is it on the back. So the smart matrix plugs in. It's a little bit like the matrix portal, which um, I definitely was inspired by this board. And it's got a TNC4 in it, and it's got all the pinouts. Um, optimized basically so you just solder headers onto the TNC4 and plug it in and uh, you're golden. So this is um, only for the TNC4 and it can drive like massive number of matrices. We also have a TNC3 version. Uh, so if you have a TNC3 it's still very good. You can definitely drive plenty of RGB matrices no problem um, but this is just the optimized one for the TNC4. And then the library also got a refresh. It can play animated GIFs and like like little video grams and stuff, uh, do text and animations and graphics and all that good stuff. So um, if you like the Matrix Portal, but you like the Teensy, who doesn't, uh, check out the Smart Matrix. It's a wonderful add-on. It also has a little like cable thingy um, to connect to dot stars or NeoPixels. Very handy. Yeah, here's other photos of the board. Yes. All right, next up. Next up is we've got a lot of like updated not new, not new, not old, but kind of like updated, but very much updated. Um, these are this kind of cool LED, like flat, um, like sparkly LEDs that come on a flat sheet. And this is kind of an interesting illuminator. Like we have 
um, you know, flex LEDs that are like very tightly packed together. But what's interesting about this material is um, you can see um, like on uh, the still image, it's it's got this like sparkly effect to it. So what they do is they actually like grind up LEDs, like the, the white LED diodes, and then they like paint them onto the surface and they get like overall like a, a flat white output and the version we had before was checkerboarded and the version we have now is like more solid like it isn't a solid but you can still see like a you know a, um, a gridded effect but it's not like a checkerboard like the previous one uh, it needs like 12 volts it draws you know maybe like an amp or so um, it's not low power because it has all these individual LEDs but if you want something that's ultra flat and has um, this kind of wide illumination I don't know of anything else I mean this is basically like really nice EL panel material. This is what you would expect EL panel to look like, but doesn't. Okay. Next up. Okay, now we actually have some new products. So um, we have, uh, we showed this off on, um, I think it's not out yet. Also we had it on um, Desk of Lady Ada. It's a little adapter for the Wiimote. So if you remember the Wii, it had these like nunchucks and controllers and they had this kind of funky U-shaped adapter. Well, it turns out this is actually I squared C. And there have been um, like nunchuck adapters that um, you you know break them out into pins and you can solder to them and, and you can control them from you know, an Arduino or, or from Python or CircuitPython. Um, so we just made it into a, a beautiful STEM IQT board um, and we used a nice thick material and uh, gold plating so it's very solid, it's not loose at all. And then you get two handy STEM IQT connectors, everything's level shifted to 3.3 volts. So you can use it with Arduino or with CircuitPython or Python. Um, we have a CircuitPython library and there's tons of um, example Arduino code. So I could show the demo. I've got to get my other thing. Okay, so here we go. So um, to show this off, so yeah, so this is like, I've got this like nunchuck here and it's got um, a joystick. This is what I recommend people use it with. It's got this um, joystick that can do X and Y. So that's kind of handy. It's got two buttons. It's called Z and C. And then inside of it, it's got an accelerometer. So you can do like rather complicated like motion control because you can like press the button, do the joystick and um, twist and rotate. The um, cable comes with this like adapter at the end. So instead of cutting this off, what you just do is you just look for the little section that says notch up. There's a notch in the connector and it just snugly fits in. And we used an extra thick PCB. This is a two millimeter thick PCB instead of 1.6 millimeter. And that's what actually makes it like really solid. That and there's these like cutouts you can see in the PCB that like there's these little nub grabbers, these like teeth. When you um, plug it in, it grabs it and uh, it does not let go. So it's nice and solid. You don't have to worry about that. And then um, we just used uh, this library found online called like the WeCheck library. It's like eight years old because these um, people have been using these for like you know, almost a decade, but it works really well. You can get the joystick X and Y. So you can see the joystick goes back and forth, zero to 255. When you press the button, it knows you've pressed the button. And then the top numbers are the accelerometer from zero to 1000. Um, so a great way to like add a very slick 
interface to like your robot, for example, like you want to drive something or you want to control user interface, um, well, this is very handy and it's very intuitive for people. All right. Next up, star of the show tonight is uh, besides you, Lady Ada. Thanks. Besides our community, besides our customers, besides our team, is the Can Feather. Yay! It's finally out. It's in the shop, so you can pick them up. Finally, um, we were previewing it last week. So the Can M4 Feather is. Basically, we took the Feather M4, which is like one of our most popular boards and is also in stock, and um, we upgraded the chip from the SAM D51 to the SAM E51. The SAM E51 is basically functionally compatible. All the pins do the exact same thing, has the same amount of memory, same speed, same all that good stuff, except there's a couple pins that can now be used for hardware CAN bus support. Um, and they're coincidentally on the right. It's almost like I knew that this was eventually going to be made. And um, on the end there, you can see there's a, um, a transceiver and a, a terminal block connection with CAN bus high and low. Those are differential signals. Uh, there's a little um, mini boost converter that uh, gives you a solid 5 volts because CAN bus really wants to have 5 volts for the signaling. It's a kind of an old protocol. Um, and it has also a terminator that you can... Uh, uh, 260 ohm resistors as a terminator, you can uh, cut those if you uh, don't want to have a terminator. Um, and uh, you can also put the uh, terminator to sleep. And so we have this handy little video showing, uh, thanks to Jelly for demoing this. So you have two can feathers and you see the yellow and blue wires between them. And those are the only communication data communications between them. You connect can H to can H, can L to can L, and you can have like as many devices as you want. Like, it's easily 100 on the same two pins. It's like I squared C, except um, instead of like I addressing like I squared C does, you just sort of listen to messages that are, are designed for you and you can set your own address. And then you see if you twist the potentiometer on one, the color of the NeoPixel changes on the other. So if you watch your hands, but then look at the opposite board, you'll see the NeoPixel color changes. So it's sending a message saying, hey, the potentiometer moved and then the feather listens to the message from the other feather and says, okay, I'm gonna change my NeoPixel. So I also have the demo live here on my two boards. Um, again, they're, they have a potentiometer wired up and they have a NeoPixel, um, but otherwise they're only connected over the CAN bus. And then when I twist this knob, you'll see this one gets the message. And when I twist this knob, this one gets the message. So it's actually running the same code on both of these um, because I'm just listening to like any message, but you could have dozens of these um, all on this nice solid differential signal um, and they can be addressed and you can send messages to a particular one or you can listen to like all messages and, and do stuff but it's like you know people always ask how do i have multiple microcontrollers communicate with each other and if you only have two you can do uart and if you have more than two you can use i squared c but it gets a little flaky and, and difficult um, CAN bus is like super solid and also means you can communicate with other industrial robots and motors and sensors. Um, we'll be able to do car-based CAN bus projects. And it's not, uh, it, it's nice and fast. It can do, I think, up to uh, 10 megabit per second uh, CAN FD, so it's kind of like the next generation. So you'll be able to work with anything. We've got a library code in Arduino and CircuitPython. And because it's native, you don't have to worry about an SPI CAN converter. It's, it all happens inside the chip itself. Um, so very handy. It does all the buffering for you and all that good stuff. So I think people who've been waiting 
to do CANVAS projects with CircuitPython or the Arduino. Um, this is a very powerful chip. I upgraded it to USB-C, um, so it'll be wonderful for CAN-based projects, and it's available now. Try it out. And with that, new products. All right, we're gonna roll right through to Top Secret. Top Secret this week, we have a video that we shot. Um, this was your little, little music player appliance Yes, thing. Jepler did the little music player appliance, and he'll be writing it up this week and yeah, next. so it's Top Secret for now. Okay, Lady Ada, what is this? Hey, we're just like chilling to some lo-fi hip-hop. I really like having this like, kind of background music, and normally I'd have a YouTube video open where I'm playing one of these like streaming um, like lo-fi, trip-hop, chill music. And I was actually thinking, I could have a Raspberry Pi do this. This is a Pi 4 with our Braincraft hat, and it's in Chromium kiosk mode. So it's actually playing this YouTube video. This is actually the YouTube video with the, the cute animation. And then I'm using the really nice audio codec on the Braincraft hat into this cool speaker you gave me. This is like something yeah. you got from Sony. Or yeah, Sony makes weird stuff. I buy it once in a while. Anyways, it sounds great. And now like I don't have to have this YouTube video and then um, open on my computer. When I want to shut it off, I just turn off the audio, which will just, it's kind of a quick play pause switch. Works great. Cool. Very chill. And that is Top Secret for the week. Okay. We're going to do some questions. I have a couple so of them lined secret. up. Okay. Um, you can ask your questions. On Discord. Over on Discord. That's where we could see them and get to them. That's yes. the best place Go to do Discord. it. Adafruit.it slash Discord. There's around 26,000 of us. Um, so, okay. uh, how well does that nth light diffuse? It'll diffuse pretty well. You'll want to put something in front of it, like soft. But it, it, it's, it's quite bright. I mean, it's basically hundreds of LEDs. Um, so it's nice and bright, um, but yeah, put some sort of plastic diffuser or like a, a soft, some sort of soft fabric, and it'll diffuse very nicely. All right. Earlier, um, someone was asking why, uh, why you were saying you should always use an LDO on a microcontroller. Well, you can use a buck converter, but basically don't, you know, some folks are like, oh, they, they just plug right into a battery. Um, without a regulator and it's or like they have a, a power input without any protection or regulator and an LDO is very handy. I don't remember the context, but I think somebody was like, "Oh, I want to plug something into USB directly," and I said, "That's okay, but I recommend having a regulator between the two." All right, um, I can answer this one. Some folks are looking for Pi Gamer. Um, they're looking for a MagTag uh, Matrix, yeah, so and it's out of stock. We just got so we were, we could not get connectors. So the connectors we use are on all boards, our JSTs and our USB Cs. Everything has been really held up. And even though we had a lot in stock, we eventually ran out. Yeah, also this so is they're coming the, in. It's this is the week after the most sales we get for months at a time because people are doing holiday shopping and they like to shop at Adafruit. So uh, we're getting stuff in stock by the hour, every hour, and we'll yeah. continue to. So just sign up and you'll get a We, um, we email will have bag tags soon because we, I, we now have tracking information for more connectors. Um, so do sign up. Promise, you know, we'll have mag tags before the holidays. Um, I don't know exactly when before the holidays, but we will we will be able to get some in stock then. Is the Pi 400 kit coming back in stock or just keyboard? Yes and yes. Both of them will be yes. coming back in stock. They're, they That's totally outside of my control. Yeah, the Pi Foundation has a pretty popular product. There's yeah. limited supply. It went to, like, all the authorized resellers. We got a bunch. We sold them out nearly instantly. And, uh, again, sign yeah. up. We'll have them there in stock. There are notified. many people who want them. So if you see them in stock... Order it immediately because it will not last very long. Yeah. Um, let's see. Go to the rest of the places. I think. 
This might be a light question. Right. Uh, like, folks are saying they like the projects because it gives them ideas for their own projects. Good ideas. Okay, folks are saying hi from around the world. Hello, hello from, from Vietnam. Hello from Florida. Hello, hello from Ohio. Florida. Hello, Ohio. Yeah, everybody's saying hi. Uh, Okay, what about using a smaller battery connector like the ST uses, question mark, JST and Molex 1.2 millimeter well, pitch? Well, the reason that we use the JST 2 millimeter is because SparkFun started selling batteries and they used a 2 millimeter. And we wanted to make sure that our boards were compatible with their batteries because I thought that'd be terrible if it's like there was, you know, cross compatible but similar size battery connectors. So that's why we've always used JST 2PH. And then... Um, what's nice is that it's kind of trickled into the greater community. So like the micro bit also has a JST to pH connector and also has the same polarity, thank God. So even though I always recommend uh, polarity protection, that's the connector I use. I think it's a pretty good connector. Um, it can pass a significant amount of current, like two amps, I think, or one amp. So that, that's good because um, people can be grabbing a lot of current from their uh, connectors um, and I want to be able to drive neopixels or matrices or, or motors or robots from them. So it's kind of how the, we picked that connector. For the Stemma QT it uses also SparkFun's, they picked the JST-SH which has a much lower, you know it's a much smaller connector but that means it has a much lower current capability. I think it's a couple hundred milliamps not an amp or more. So that's the trade-off of batteries. I think people would rather be able to get a lot of current out of battery than necessarily, I mean the battery's already pretty big. Oops, so who cares how, how small the connector is? So that's why we use this connector. Okay, and I think that is our questions Okay. for tonight. Uh, oh, this is easy one. When is the next Adabox shipping? Some now. have already shipped out. Yes, so, um, we're trying this to get, week and more. We're trying to get all of them out before this week, next week. the holidays, but there will be some delays, But so we wanted to make sure we got them out. Shipping thousands of boxes takes weeks altogether, so we already started. Hopefully you'll get to them, uh, you'll get yours before um, the holiday season. Uh, a lot of them are in transit, and uh, you'll get a notification once yours is shipping. Um, just keep in mind, if it says processing and it's about to be pre prepared for shipment, it's when you get the tracking number, yeah. it's when in, it, it's going, and then sometimes UPS and also uh, DHL don't immediately update their status because they're dealing with the most amount of packages ever. And UPS is also dealing with shipping vaccines around right now. So, you know. Okay, let's do one more question. This is from Super Kevin. Um, I just love the name. Uh, difference between binary counters and decimal counters. Yes, one one of them uses base 2 and one base 10. I don't know. I mean, I think they're the same. Yeah? yeah. No? All right. I don't know. Okay. And with that, I think we're going to end the show. Okay, cool. Um, let me say special thanks. I see both Jesse May and Ke oh, well, Kelly was there. So it's just Jesse May now. Hey, Jesse May. Hey, Jesse May. Thanks. Uh, Jesse May is behind the scenes Adafruit Slack channel. Helping us out, all the Adafruit team members in the Discord chat, helping out, and also George and YouTube is also in both places. Uh, special thanks to our entire community, all of our customers. Please, everybody, wear a mask just for a little bit longer. Um, we've already got this far, so if you're here watching this, you managed to survive till now. Why stop now? Um, let's uh, promise to see each other next week. Keep doing all the things that have been keeping you safe. Um, Thanks, everybody. We'll see everyone next week. It's now time for Moment of Zener. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. See you next week.
Mm, it's a nice one. 